With the new film cleaning up at the box office, it's time to go back and look at the 1993 version of Super Mario Bros. And who knows, maybe Dinosaur portraying all of the scenery in a dinosaur-evolved dystopia is exactly the kind of crazy that's worth another watch. Welcome everyone to the Collector's Cut. I am Peter and joining me as always is David. They say you never forget the first time you're kissed by a lizard. Perfect. This is a movie podcast and we are in the midst of video game adaptation season. Um, Last week we did the new Super Mario Brothers animated movie. Although we're recording this way in advance, so we have no mm. idea what we thought about that. So I loved, hated it. <laughs> it was the best worst. But we have promised you the 1993 Super Mario Brothers movie. So that is what we are here today to discuss in depth. Um, it's a movie I've seen many times. I saw it a lot as a kid. I saw it many times before I'd ever even played a Mario game. And David, on the other hand, saw it once like 20 years ago. Yeah, more or less. Um, I will say, for the sake of disclosure here, I am a Nintendo kid. I had all the Nintendo consoles growing up, and I really remember wanting to like this movie going into (laughs) it and being very disappointed. I couldn't put into words at the time why I was disappointed, but that's what the next hour plus minutes is going to be. Life will find a way. Yeah. It's so, Joe, it's so funny watching this and realizing this came out the same year as Jurassic Park with, with all of its dinosaur things in it. It's just kind of funny. Yeah. I have to imagine that that might have been something of like like a couple of execs talking to each other and like, oh, you hear what Spielberg's doing down the street? Yeah, yeah. They, they knew because they, they all talk. They, they know what's yeah. coming out. Uh, there must have been some, I don't know, some shifting, strategic shifting. Uh yeah, so we'll get into it. I mean, I guess we'll start spoiler-free. Uh, I think anyone cares, but still, we'll, no. we'll stick to our structure. We'll, we'll do the spoiler-free yep. stuff, and then we'll go through the plot as we as we normally do. Uh, okay. You know, the, 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 so many things to discuss with this this 1993 oh. movie. Uh, so so densely packed with symbolic imagery and references to the video game that don't just completely fall flat. I loved it so much. Actually, hold on. I, I, I'm going to Google something very quickly. Okay. Just very quickly. Uh, well, well, I mean, just just to uh, fill the gap. Fill what the do gap. I think. Well, well, yeah. Like, how do you feel watching this again? Is, is is it? What was the experience like? Okay. So, the very first thing in this movie is the original theme song from the video games, the overworld theme 1-1 playing. And that is the last time that it gets close to the video game. Mm -hmm. And as someone, like I said, my very first game console, because I was born in 93, but my very first game console was an original NES, and I had the combo Super Mario Brothers Duck Hunt cartridge. So I, I literally grew up with this game. And so it holds a little bit of a soft spot in my heart. Two weeks ago, we talked about Street Fighter, and I claimed how the producers, the directors, the writers, at least seemed to try to appeal to the video game audience, the people who were coming there to see that. 
I don't think that these people even considered that it was a video game. I think they 100% saw the IP and said, okay, we're going to make a movie completely divorced from the idea of the video game. And this is what we've ended up with. I will say, so they, I, I will say this, though. Yeah. Mm -hmm. this, this duo, this directing duo, unlike a lot of future video game movies, I will say this about this one. They had a vision. Oh, yeah. This, this is not just some phoned-in movie that they are just going through the motions. They they had some vision for some sort of cyberpunk-style dystopia alternate mm -hmm. universe story <laughs> that just happens to be shaped around some of the ideas of Mario. Well, and I should say the ideas, some of the names from Mario. <laughs> yeah. I will, I will say, you know, I always do a little bit of research into these movies after the fact, get a little bit of backstory on what happened. And this movie did go through the thing of they gave it to these directors who had a vision. And when the scripts came in, everyone loved it because it was a very, like, adult take. Apparently, one comparison was to Mad Max. I be yeah, I believe, uh, like... There was a like a, an original cut that's never seen the light of day. You know, maybe nope. one day we'll get to see it. But I believe there was an original cut that was like a mm -hmm. an R-rated, grittier like <laughs> movie yep. that was less kid friendly. But then the executives were like, "Wait a minute, our target <laughs> audience is eight year olds. Can we throw in more sound effects and funny and, stuffs?" And there's definitely a little bit like. There's a little bit of S and M stuff that just sort of is seeping in, yeah. the, in the, and they're just a the periphery of the movie. You know, at one point there's literally just like a a foot with a high heel on a shoulder coming in from out of frame, and I'm mm -hmm. like, "What is this weird kinky shit? <laughs> What's happening?" You see, see, the part that gets me is that the executives are sitting down. They're like, "Okay, we need to make this movie appeal to kids. Let's add in a few things." And then someone stepped forward and said, "Hey, should we maybe take out the fact that the entire plot is about the resource management of this government and how it's crippling its society?" And they said, "Nah, kids will get that." <laughs> so the thing I wanted to look up is I wanted to just read the entire opening narration because I think the opening narration of this oh, movie God. is special and sets you up. Now I'm going to read this out. I want you to imagine this in a thick brooklyn accent mm -hmm. right with with animated dinosaurs on screen with animated dinosaurs on screen mm -hmm. a long time sorry i've already messed up a long long time ago the earth was ruled by dinosaurs they were big so not a lot of people went around hassling them actually no people went around hassling them because there were no people yet <laughs> they just the first tiny mammals basically life was good then something happened. A giant meteorite struck the Earth. Goodbye, dinosaurs! But what if the dinosaurs were all destroyed? What if the impact of the meteor that created the parallel dimension, where the dinosaurs continued to thrive and evolve into intelligent, vicious, and aggressive beings, just like us? And hey, what if they found a way back? <laughs> so what I love about this narration is, right away you get this thick accent doing this, and it sounds kind of yeah. weird to have that accent just talking about dinosaurs in this way. But I love that the entire premise of this movie is basically just this pivot point in this paragraph where the voice just says, but what if the dinosaurs weren't destroyed? <laughs> and what if there was a parallel dimension? <laughs> That's the like pitch. This... That's the entire pitch of the movie. I, I mean, yes, it is. <laughs> but I especially love it because it sounds like when I'm talking to like my six-year-old cousin, we're like, we're playing a game or something, and I'm like, oh, I shot you. And they're like, but what if I had a shield that did this? I'm like, well, then everything would be yes. different. That's good job. You did it. 
Yeah, it's it's the way he speeds up as he's listing the you know the intelligent, vicious, aggressive yeah. beings. Like he speeds up in this way, it just feels like, oh god, what am I reading here? I just need to do this quickly so I can leave the sound booth and never think about this ever again. What gets me is that it is there is listings on the trivia here that say that you know the original cut of the film did not have this segment. This segment was not here. Oh. But then by the time they got into the plot, the audience was like, I'm sorry what happened to the dinosaurs <laughs> i i can't understand what what's even going on so they needed a little intro here of like okay parallel dimensions <laughs> as if that clears anything up uh, i i kind of love this movie i'm not gonna lie here i don't hate this movie because of what the movie is i hate the movie because of what the movie is associated with and sure. how I cannot get those two things to coexist. That's, that, that is fair. And I'm not even saying it's good, right? I, let me make it clear. It is a weird, wacky movie with lots of weird shit in it, but it's yeah. so, it's, it's so just potently this weird creative vision from these, these two directors that I can't help but like appreciate for what it is. And I, I think it's so fascinating that, I think when you think of video game movies and you think of early video game movies, there's three big examples. It's Super Mario Brothers, it's Street Fighter, and it's Mortal Kombat. And they came out one year after each other. 93, 94, 95. Yep. Boom, boom, boom. And, you know, they, they got these things out relatively quickly. Um, I, th- I want to say the third Super Mario Brothers was kind of like... Uh, no, this definitely was at least post-Super Mario World. Okay, okay, fair enough. My timeline's a bit off there. But... Yeah, like so they you know they they got this out relative quick, maybe not as quick as like because Street Fighter was like super new when Street mm-hmm. Fighter Two came out, but you know they were they were pumping these things out. There was this like almost like gold rush to go and make some video game movies, and they all flopped. They were all critical failures. They were all. Yep. And the funny thing is, is that I feel like if you watch a lot of video game movies, and we've we've kind of cherry picked here and. Some of the truly oh, bad yeah. ones we won't get to until another video game season. But if you watch stuff from the 2000s and the 2010s as far as video game adaptations go, I think you look back at those three examples and you go, you know what? <laughs> they had a lot more going for them than some of these later things did. Yeah. No, I mean, that's the thing. At least between Street Fighter and Super Mario Brothers, I can't speak to Mortal Kombat exactly, but... One day. Between... but Yes, one day. <laughs> but between the pair of them... The directors did go in and actually have a vision. They went in and they were like, hey, we are doing a story. And the story may or may not align with the story of the video game, but at least we are telling a full-fledged story here. Where I think once you hit, like, the mid-2000s, when there was that low-grade video game movie boom, it just kind of is the same story over and over again of, oh, something bad happened to the protagonist and you'll see some familiar faces along the way. Yeah, yeah, uh, and just bland. I think is the other, you yeah, know, the, the important work. Except to get for across. the Resident Evil series, that was art. Piss off! <laughs> I'm not going to listen to this slander. Uh, so now we have to talk about you know the the choice they've made with like some of the characters they're including. I, I think the big one that sticks out to me is that they've got Daisy and not mm-hmm. Peach. When I feel like Peach is the one that most people think of when they think of the you know the the. The female lead who needs to be rescued yes. by the brothers. Like, that's who you think of. Daisy, I understand, was from the Game Boy game or something. Like, I... 
Yeah, so there was Super Mario Land for the Game Boy, and she was the princess of, I want to say it was called, like, Sarasota Land or something like that. Um, I, I genuinely couldn't tell you why they chose Daisy for this over Peach, except for they wanted the princess to be the love interest of Luigi, and Peach was always the love interest of Mario. That's the only thing I could think of. And is that why you upset the fans should be upset that they're, yeah. they're swapping? Okay, all right. <laughs> Given all the other that's, things they're not doing that, from the game, that's quite, that's quite shocking. Exactly. <laughs> that's the one thing that they didn't want to upset the fans with. Every other thing, fair game. Okay, okay. Uh, obviously, yeah, we'll talk about the casting. Uh, we have hmm. Bob Hoskins as Mario. Uh, we have yeah. Lon, John, sorry, Lon. We have John Lugbiasmo as uh, Luigi. And mm. yeah, I'll just let's get out of the way. These are supposed to be Italian brothers, and we have a Englishman, <laughs> yeah, and a Latino playing the two Italian brothers. I I want to throw out an alternate universe here, a different timeline. Yes, a parallel dimension. Apparently, trivia says that the original person they were looking at to play Luigi was Tom Hanks. Well, but because he just had two bombs of movies with Turner and Hooch and some other one I don't even remember. And so they thought that maybe the Tom Hanks train was over. <laughs> well, that's funny in hindsight because yep. yeah, because Tom Hanks, he's not a movie star anymore. He he, he disappeared. Nah. Uh, whereas uh, Luke Biasmo here, he's a... Uh, I mean, he, he is, he's actually I, in stuff, to be fair, but he's not a star. Yeah, he's, he's, not, he's, not in, he's not a lead role or anything like that. No, he's always, he's one of the hardest working supporting actors I've seen. Yeah, he was in The Menu just recently. Obviously, he was in a couple mm-hmm. of John Wick films that we just did. Yeah, yep. so he's, he's, he's kind of around. He's doing stuff. Yeah. Um, so I will say that, at least visually, I kind of get it. Like, you know, like Bob Hoskins, when once you put the mustache on him and you put the hat on him, I'm like, you know what? Oh, he's, yeah. He's very Mario-shaped. I, I get the like visually what they were going for here even if it doesn't make a whole lot of sense the fact that this came out before mario had any voice acting at all mm. save for i think it was the super mario brothers super show the animated one where he does have a very gruff italian accent i get why they did bob hoskins it fit perfectly with what mario was at that point but comparing it to mario today of this very lighthearted, jovial guy Seeing Bob Hoskins get frustrated that they're like out of work and that their van's breaking down, I'm like, that's not Mario. <laughs> What's going on? It's my Mario, damn it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, so the big thing, and this is the other weird comparison with Street Fighter, actually, is that mm-hmm. they both have like like a, a known great actor playing the, the super villain, right? We yeah. have Dennis Hopper playing Koopa. Um, although he has kind of like an interesting mix of... Um, He's, he's kind of guilty of, you know, we did the, uh, the Patreon bonus episode for this month was uh, Street Fighter The Legend of Chun-Li. And yes. one of the complaints we had is that the, the version of Bison in that movie is just a guy in a business suit. Uh, this Koopa is, like, kind of virgin in that. He's got a very shiny suit. It's very glittery looking. But he is just kind of a guy in a suit with kind of, like, a weird haircut that's meant to look like scales. I mean, that's my complaint with the entirety of that plot, <laughs> that's, is that yeah. every enemy in the games is based off of either turtles or mushrooms. And somehow <laughs> they decided to go with dinosaurs, and I don't get it. Because Yoshi. But, like, why? <laughs> 
that's i like yes okay yoshi's a dinosaur but can he not just exist in this world of turtles and mushrooms i don't understand <laughs> uh we'll go get to all that stuff dennis hopper is pretty entertaining though like he mm-hmm. like i will say uh, raul julia and street fighter is more entertaining but i do think dennis hopper has some like interesting little quirks in his performance in this there's one point where he's just walking down the hallway with two Goombas, and he's just kind of got his hands out like this as he's swaying to side, from side to side as he's walking. Yeah. And he just looks like, you know what, he's like he's like doing some sort of... Like, like as far as I know, uh, John and, and Bob were drunk for most of the shooting of this movie. Oh, absolutely. Right? Um, Dennis Hopper, well, I know he had his own problems with that kind of thing just in his life in general. Um, mm. I feel like he actually... Like, was like he like he's passionate he's, he cares about this role he's doing it i i guarantee you that they told him the backstory of bowser sorry king koopa, yeah, koopa. in this universe yeah. and they were like all right you are a king of a dinosaur people you were evolved from a tyrannosaurus and that's why he's walking around with the arms like this because t-rex had the tiny mm. little arms that walked around like that. He made that choice. Yeah. No one told him to do that. He he got into the character deep enough. He's like, if I came from a T-Rex, I'd walk around like this all the time. And I'm not saying he necessarily cared about the movie or thought it was good, but no. he still gave it his all. He still gave it his... Like, he, didn't, he didn't phone it in, is what I'm trying to no, say. of course not. And he, he didn't phone in Waterworld just a couple of years later. You know, he's a man who was committed to his roles. Uh, yeah. Actually, a little interesting thing I noticed is that one of the... Because obviously when they're in koopa city or whatever we're calling it um there's like you know campaign posts and propaganda Mm because you know he's like this dictator ruler who pretends it was an election but not really Uh, one of the posters uh he's got like a chainsaw so i'm like this is a sly little reference to texas chainsaw massacre 2 which stars dennis hopper uh, and he has a chainsaw fight with leatherface so there's actually a reference in this to the second texas chainsaw massacre I can't say I expected it to be here, but okay. <laughs> Why not? I love that the directors of this like, I oh, just make a Texas Chainsaw reference. We don't care about the video game, but Texas Chainsaw, yeah. we want to make sure we reference that. I feel like there was a point in this movie somewhere in pre-production where they realized that nobody was going to be happy. And so they <laughs> everyone just kind of just dicked around and tried to do whatever they wanted to do. Mm. Um. Yeah, so we have Samantha Matis as Daisy, uh, who mm. I know from Broken Arrow. I know, I mean, I know from this first, to be honest, but I, I've seen her in Broken Arrow as well. Uh, okay. I don't know what she's been doing since the nineties, but she's been on TV shows, I think, or something. Yeah, she's been on. She's done all the rounds on all the different medical dramas and cop procedurals mm. and blah blah blah. Uh, we have two sort of like idiot henchmen for Cooper who mm. are doing henchman like jobs, uh, played by Fisher Stevens and Richard Edson. Uh, Fisher Stevens, I have seen in other things over the years. He kind of pops up in like bit roles uh, here or there. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. I, I, it looks like he really hit it big in the eighties. But yeah, yeah, I, I think he's not. I think he's in Short Circuit. I want to say. Mm-hmm. If I, yep. he might be the one who's played an Indian character in Short Circuit. He's Ben Jabatuya. Yeah, so, which sounds so yeah some yeah. problematic elements to one of his other roles, but yeah, uh, yeah. So y- you've got that. Um, you got, uh, I mean, other than that, there's not, uh, uh, oh, there's Elena, uh, who's like the evil sort of, uh, like, Koopa mistress or whatever. I don't know what you yeah. Want to call her. Like this, <laughs> that was the part that threw me the biggest for the loop because out of all the other characters that we've listed, they at least have some parallel to the video game. Mm. There's no, there's nothing for Lena. Lena's just Lena. She's, yeah, she's the movie creation. Yeah. Um, what's so funny is maybe it was like a, like a subconscious memory, right? 
and it wasn't mm. this viewing because i've seen this a few times as an adult uh but in one of my previous viewings when they introduced this uh character uh it's this sort of like you know rounder woman who like punches mario and steals the necklace and she's wearing this like red oh. thing with spikes right yeah in my head i just called her big bertha because it felt like it fit only to discover later on that she is in fact called big bertha and i don't know if i just like hit a jackpot with my thought process or if i somehow in my conscious somewhere knew this my childhood i did that like three times in this movie <laughs> like i was i was sitting there i you can ask my girlfriend who watched it with me, it with me. i sat there and ex-girlfriend it was, though yeah it is yeah this movie <laughs> tore us apart um but no i sat there and you know it's about two-thirds of the way through the movie no real spoilers but I said, you know what's pissing me off most about this movie? They're not in their costumes. And within 10 seconds of me <laughs> saying that out loud, they got into the costumes. And I'm like, all right, keep going, movie. You, you got yeah, me. You got to build the costumes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, also, I, I won't say who he's playing because that's a spoiler, but mm. there is a very small cameo by Lance Henriksen. Which, okay. I have to imagine he was on set for something completely different. I'm always happy like, to see him. So, oh yeah, you no, know, for sure. It was a pleasant. That's one of those things where you know I hadn't seen it for a long time between the ages of ten and like maybe twenty four or something like that. And when I saw mm-hmm. it again around my my mid twenties, I went, "Wait a minute, that's Lars Henriksen at the end." Yep. You know what the hell? Uh, so yeah, we'll get we'll get into who he's playing and all that stuff and spoilers. But uh, I mean, other than that, you've just got this weird cyberpunk dystopia world that is the alternate dimension they go into which seems to be inspired partly by blade runner partly by uh, other things I, I don't even know yeah it's it's got like a dark city sort of vibe to it mm. it's like there is no good comparison because it's somehow taking all the adult elements of things like blade runner and those sort of dystopian movies and then somehow making it like pg-13 friendly if not even just PG friendly. But also having like wackier, like, like all the cars have like these like power like connectors at the top that are really tall. They just spark all over the place. In fairness, I really liked the world building they did for the cars and oh, like sure. the because the entire point of it was that dinosaurs never died in this world, so therefore there's not oil deposits. And so they have to have something else to get their system running off of, and they manage to make it work off of electricity instead. I like the thought process that goes into that. I just don't understand why it's in a Mario movie. <laughs> That's another thing I like about the cars as well, actually. I like that um, the, they don't have brakes, and Mario even says that at one point. And you mm-hmm. actually see when they're arriving at the, the, the police station earlier in the film that to stop the car when it's going fast, they have like a, it's, it's like when a jet lands on like a, an aircraft carrier and they have the cable yeah. that sort of stops it. They have like that sort of like barricade system to like stop the cars. That's how they yep. break. <laughs> I will say yes, I like that as well because it makes I'm assuming some amount of sense in the world they built. However, <laughs> at one point in this movie, we come across a bomb scene and a car does break for the bomb. Like he slams on the brakes and he stops it's not a police car though it's uh it's just a cab or something like that why can't the police cars have what cabs have don't ask too many I, questions <laughs> i am that's all i was doing in this movie i was sitting <laughs> there's so many question marks on my notes <laughs> oh dear uh 
it, it's wild. Uh, one thing I think we do have to address is something that's not aged per, uh, not aged well, and it's not the movie's fault because they couldn't have known. But Koopa's Lair uh, is mm. that world's version of the World Trade Center, and like one of the towers is like damaged. And at one point in the movie, oh, no. it, it does yeah. like a it, it, it kind of relates them to the World Trade Center, and it's sort of like it's a really kind of like, oh, that's you know that feels bad now. And it's not their like, fault. They couldn't have known, obviously. Oh, no. Of but... course not. It, but that's just every time that anything happens to the World Trade yeah. Centers in any movies. You're just like, oh, guys. Yeah. So, it, it you know, I just, I'm just getting out of the way, just bringing it up. I mean, we'll talk about yeah. the, the scene that is more prominent in when we get there. But, um, I mean, I guess staying in spoiler-free, how did you feel about those effects? Like, particularly the CGI ones. I mean, Because this... they did a lot of practical but yeah, the, the they, they use a lot of practical. I appreciate the sets for the main city street, and I appreciate the, the all the the weird cars that they added all the bits on to make them look you know otherworldly. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the CG obviously is pretty rough. Like it's nineteen ninety three CG. I think it's rough, but I think they understood that and they kept it as sparingly as possible. Yeah, there's like one big moment towards the end where it's like it's hard to sort of get around just how kind of shit it looks. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I think there's like one set of skyline shot where it kind of like the camera comes into like the window that Daisy's on at one point, and that looks quite rough. Oh uh, yeah. Other than that, you know, honestly, yeah, like it's mostly serviceable for for the purpose it plays. Uh, mm-hmm. But you know, most of it is, you know, the Goombas are you know suits with with like I don't even know if the characters prosthetic heads or or but I mean the. The part that got me the most, if we're just going to bring up the Goombas, is that that is... Yeah, they're not not Goombas. It's literally a mushroom enemy. And they've managed to turn it into a giant hulking behemoth of a dinosaur enemy, so... Yeah, yeah. like, they're known for being small, and this is... Mm -hmm. Though they're, like, seven foot tall. Uh, It's it's a weird choice. I kept on waiting in this movie for a scene where Mario, like, somehow gets on top of one of them. And, like, just, like, steps on it to get rid of it, because that would be the most basic reference you could make. But no. He does go down a pipe at one point, though. Yeah. That's it. That's... (laughs) Congrats. You did it, movie. Oh, dear. Gives me a chuckle. So, Uh, uh, yeah, that's that's the cast. That's, you know, the the, the broad feelings and the effects and the the, the uh, world. the only other thing I really have noted here for spoiler free is Alan Silvestri did the score. And oh, yeah. this is not his most notable score. It is not, but at the same time, there's that main kind of like, I don't even know what you call it. Because the, the, the main themes, it's this, this sort of like happy, it almost looks like a sitcom theme song that, 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 yeah. that plays. Uh, it's, it's like a. Actually, I remember bringing this up when I did uh, on the Atomic Cinema Experiment, their sci-fi movie podcast that I do with Tara. Go check it out. Uh, we did Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, and I noted in that movie that the main theme in that I, I just realized is very reminiscent, uh, or this is reminiscent of that, I should say, because this came later. Uh, okay. Of the score in this, like it, that, there's like a theme in that, but it fits in that case like a family comedy, so it kind of yeah, it feels like it fits. Whereas here, though, you're driving around a truck in Brooklyn looking for plumbing jobs, and it's like, yeah. it's so hijinxy. Yeah, yeah, it's very hijinxy. Uh, yeah, um, it, it's, I'll, I'll give it this. It's memorable, but yeah, is it the Back to the Future score that Sylvester also did? No, oh, uh, yeah. absolutely not. That, that's an old timer. 
I mean, that's the thing is like I was waiting for the Mario theme, but Alan Silvestri's version. Oh, of sure. It. And yeah, I, yeah. I don't feel like I ever got that. I don't feel like there. If you play the entire soundtrack of this movie, just randomized and said, okay, which one's the main theme? I'd be like, uh, I, uh, I am pretty sure that last week when we did the new one, that there'll be an orchestral epic version of the theme oh, in that. No, I guarantee you that the last song that plays in the credits is going to be the original 8-bit version. I wouldn't be surprised if that's what also plays at the start when the logos are yep. playing. You know That too. Uh, but yeah, uh, even though the clips and trailers they've put out of the new one like already have like five music cues from like different levels <laughs> of the game to the point where they're almost overdoing it it's like calm down guys like you, know, you can save some of these for sequels i need my rainbow road theme god <laughs> damn it yeah uh but that's that's true we, we got a car chasing this that's kind of their mario kart section is it especially because when did mario kart even come out i don't think it was even a thing at this point I don't know when did Mario Kart come out. I just assumed it was already a thing. Super Mario Kart, the very first one. Nope, 92. All right. Aha! So it was out. <laughs> I will give you that. Game set and match, baby. Uh, honestly, the most unrealistic thing about this movie is that they don't go to save Daisy and then they go, oh shit, she's in a different castle. Like, like. That was in at least one version of the script. I did read oh, that. Oh, really? They did, it's, they did at one point have a character be like, oh, your princess is in a different castle. All I could, because all I could think was like, you, you, Koopa's thing's two towers. Like, just say she's in the other one. Like, have them go to the <laughs> wrong one first and just have someone say, hey, she's not in this tower. She's in the other one. I mean, <laughs> everything, everything that you're saying, I would love. I'd love all these little nods. I'd love all these little winks. But unlike the Street Fighter movie, this movie had no interest in nodding or winking. In fact, the, all of the references to characters in the game outside of the ones that are you know speaking lines are just names of restaurants and clubs and stuff in the background. It's like, oh, look, there's Thwomps. There's... Yeah. And it's it feels like the most surface level hey yeah see we are paying attention to you but in the most just demeaning way i mean don't get me wrong this was a problem with adaptations and it still can be where they just oh, yeah. make a movie or a tv show and it's like as long as we put in like some easter eggs that reference the you know that's the this is the thing i hated about the resident evil movies is, is that right it wasn't an adaptation of resident evil it was just another zombie movie that used some of the monsters it was mostly mm -hmm. new characters and Oh, we threw you a bone because the character from the first game is oh she she's got like a small role in the yeah. third movie or the whatever you know like there was a lot of things like that where it's just like hey we're we're giving you a little like no they should be the hero uh, yeah <laughs> every time a character from the game shows up in a Resident Evil movie it's to make Alice the character who was not in the games look better because she has to save them like over I'm and over again that's what happened. I mean, you're right, and it's amazing they turned it into such high art. But Shut I up. think what really, <laughs> I think what gets me about this one is there has been so much development of all of the Mario characters, but I think all of that's happened within my lifetime. You know, mm. it's always it's the N64 games, it's the GameCube games where voice acting really started being used in video games. At this point, I think I just need to keep in mind all they had were the NES games, a couple of Game Boy games, and Super Mario World, and that's it. They didn't have a defined character for any of these. The, 
the one thing that everyone can say about Luigi is that he is cowardly. He is scared a lot. John Leguizamo is just rushing into danger constantly in this movie. If I, but it's a thing <laughs> it's a thing that was developed after that. Yeah. Because if anything in this movie, Mario is the more nervous one and Luigi's saying, no, you got to have faith, you know, just leave. Yeah. Um, but like you say, yeah, that characteristic for Luigi came after. I mean, if anything, like Luigi's mansion probably really catapulted it yeah. if it wasn't already like a big thing. Yeah, I mean, it was a few things in like the sports games and stuff mm. like that. But yeah, Luigi's mansion is pretty much the number one spot for developing Luigi as a character. Yeah, so... I don't know, it's just weird. I mean, I will say, like, Luigi should have had a mustache as well. It's weird that he doesn't, oh, but, yeah. you know. I mean, I think the part that got me the most is, like, what's the age gap on Leguizamo and Hoskins? Because they're supposed to be brothers. They say that numerous times, but it feels like there is at least a 20-year age gap. I think so, because at one point he says that uh, Mario raised them, you know, because the, the mm-hmm. parents were gone already. So, right. uh, so clearly, yeah, so he, he was at least in his late teens by the time... And it just feels, it feels a bit too father-son mm. rather than brothers to me. Uh, like, yeah, I will, I think, I honestly think it could have been fixed if they did give Leguizamo a mustache, because that would just age him up ever so slightly <laughs> more. Uh, so someone do the opposite of the the Justice League uh, theatrical cut. Someone go to the add, mustache cut. Uh, add in the mustache. I would love that. Are you kidding me? To be fair, it would probably look much better, because it's easier to add the mustache than it is to take it away. That's just a Snapchat filter. You just hold that up to the screen. <laughs> it would just do it. Yeah, the AI'll just deal with it. Uh, you yeah. don't have to even worry about it. So, yeah, I, I guess uh, with all that said, uh, we'll uh, we'll get into spoilers. So, full spoilers for Super Mario Brothers if you're uh, uh, at all concerned. As much as one event can actually follow from another in this movie, <laughs> it mostly makes sense. Uh, you know. We, we get the backstory I, with uh, Daisy being dropped off at an orphanage by her mm-hmm. mother. Um, and she's trapped in what I can only describe as like a Stargate holding for an egg. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Uh, this, this is all just cool with you? You were just good with this intro? Well, the, 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 they've uh, evolved from dinosaurs, so they, they still get hatched. <laughs> I was I was more so concerned on how the nuns just fully accepted this human baby came from an egg <laughs> and never brought it up again. They just probably thought it was like an immaculate conception. This was like you know, this was God delivered this baby to them. Yeah, in a magic space egg. Sure, yeah. there was no uterus, so we had to have an egg. <laughs> I mean, when you really get down to the biology, everything comes from eggs, just not hard shelled eggs. True, true. Yeah, that's true. Yes, there's still eggs inside mammals, of course. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. So, uh, so we see younger Koopa like sort of kill or inadvertently kill her mother, and like the you know, the debris falls mm-hmm. down, and it closes the portal that there is to this other world. Uh, dinosaur world. They seem to know about uh, at the very least it's a myth to most people. Koopa obviously knows about the like our mm-hmm. dimension, but and that's his old goal. So he wants to get back to it, and now that it's been reopened, which we find out is because the corrupt business or politician the Scapelli dude who also owns a plumbing yeah. company uh, <laughs> because they were blasting down in the, the surge which uh, led to this dig site of dinosaur bones being dug up uh, mm-hmm. which is what Samantha Mattis is doing Daisy's down there she's like a, a very young archaeologist 
She, she does say she's uh, with the university, at least, though. So you presume yes. that she's like a, a post-grad student or something. She's not like the old professor oh, <laughs> character. Yeah. She's not the. She's she's definitely someone just getting their degree in ancient. Because obviously she came from dinosaurs, and it's just subtly calling to her, even if she doesn't yes. know why. Yes, that, this is the equivalent of like Superman looking up at the stars and thinking about Krypton. Yeah, you know exactly. Uh, so. We get that established. Uh, we also get, like Scapelli's a bit of a like for for a movie that is aimed at kids. It is a bit odd that uh, he's very pervy because there's one scene. Scapelli's not in a lot of the movie, but he's, there's one scene no. where they come down and say, "Hey, hurry up with this dig! Yeah, yeah, you're in our like you know our, our work site. We want to get back to. We here. gotta build this parking garage yeah. or whatever. He's that type of evil businessman, and he's like, you know, you're, 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 you know, there's a lot of uh, young women being. Uh, going missing in Brooklyn these days, you may want to be careful. You're so pretty. And uh, w- what gets me is the smile that he has after he says it. Mm. It's, just, it's like a used car salesman. Like, <laughs> See, you were saying pervy. I feel like, yes, he was coming off weird, but I took it more homicidal because oh, he's like a lot of women okay, sure. going missing. <laughs> Wouldn't want you to be next. Ree, ree, ree. That's that. I mean, that is fair. That is fair. Well, that's the thing. We yeah. get introduced to Spike and Iggy, and mm-hmm. they're basically the reason why there's been a lot of women going missing is because they can't tell mammal women apart, <laughs> and because yeah. we see them that they're looking at women go- looking for Daisy, and one of the lines is literally, "Well, she has a, a head, two arms, and two legs," which yeah. I thought was a weird line because once you see their world, like, well, all of your women have two arms, two legs, and a head as well. Like, yeah. this is not unique to our dimension so why are you so confused it I, I just mildly jumping ahead here i think what gets me the most about this is there's some aspects of their dino world that are so well thought out like they clearly took some of these conclusions of okay this world was splintered off 65 million years ago how would it evolve differently and they thought it through down to the smallest detail but then there are other aspects where they're like, and then I guess this other thing happens. <laughs> this is one of those things where it's like, okay, both worlds have humanoid looking yeah. things. And it just happens that one of them came from monkeys and the other came from lizards. I'm okay with that. But then you get those moments where Iggy's unable to tell them apart. It's like, well, they're, you're the same. It's literally the same I mean, on the other side. They're what also you... supposed to be really, really stupid. So I mean, maybe that's the that's fair. That's the explanation there. Uh, fair enough. But I, I do kind of love though that that's why there's been a string of kidnappings. It's because they just can't find the right woman they're looking for. So they just oh, they yeah. just keep kidnapping more and more innocent people. Uh, that's a little amusing to me as as a concept. But uh, so I I like it right up until the last one, which I guess we'll get to. Yeah. Uh, so obviously we're interested to the Mario Brothers themselves, and mm-hmm. uh, they're struggling for money. Uh, they keep getting beat to jobs by the Scapellis. You know they're they're looking for yep. for plumbing jobs, and uh, there's a little bit of like foreshadowing because Luigi. I don't even know what you call it. The, the pin thing. Uh, the pin thing. He puts it on his face, but like you know, it's, it's, the, it's the thing where you can put your hand into it and like the needles or all the pins will move up. Uh, oh, and create, like, oh shape. god. That, it's just that 90s toy yeah, that, that I, 90s I don't thing. think it has a name yeah. but yeah uh because it actually looks very similar to the effect of it going through the portal like when daisy comes back through the portal for a second when they're looking at her yeah that's what it looks like so it's kind of like a like ah some some fellow making magic going on here they're foreshadowing with us i feel like they shot that scene i mean they had to have shot that scene before they went into post so 
They were just like, ah, we yeah, we have a general idea as to what it's going to look like. Yeah, which means that 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 probably was the best they could have made it look using ninety three technology. Otters is what I'll say. They're otters. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Uh, A little bit of set design that I really want to point out here is that the Mario household has like a display rack in the living room with three plungers on it. Like it's <laughs> like they're like they're displaying their prize like hunting rifles, but they're plungers. I mean, that's one of the subplots that I feel like was dropped in this movie. They every once in a while brought it up, but Mario keeps bringing up that plumbing is their family business mm. and how, you know, Mario's following in their father's steps, but Luigi's kind of like, I don't want to be a plumber. I want to be a real boy. Yeah, he's apprenticing as he points out later. He is, but like he also later on in the movie straight up says that he doesn't really care about plumbing that much. And it feels like it should be a larger subplot than it really ends up being. Yeah, that's fair. I do kind of love how Mario talks about it, though. He has this kind of, like, sense of honor with oh, it. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, later on, uh, when, like, the Capellis have, like, uh, sabotaged, like, the sewers to try and ruin the dig site, and mm-hmm. Luigi, like, runs up with Daisy to Mario and says, hey, the Scapellis, they're, they're, they're flooding the sewers. And he grabs his tool belt as if it's, like, a gun holster and says, I'm going in. <laughs> like, you know, it's, it, it treats it like he's a... Like yeah. This is an, is is calling like he's he's calling to be a plumber. Although my favorite thing, plumber related in this movie is by far the way that Koopa and people in the Koopa world, but especially Koopa, will just sort of like refer to them as if plumbers like a race of people. Where yeah. where he's like, get those plumbers or um later on when Luigi comes jumping into the scene, he just looks up and goes plumber die plumber like he, just, he keeps referring to them as plumbers as if yeah. that's like their their defining characteristic and i just thought i thought that's in, really funny in koopa world it's a racial slur uh, see it feels that way yeah it feels that way um so yeah uh we're interested in uh and they're mm. they run into daisy uh it, it sort of sets up like the luigi's like deeply into her because he's supposed to be calling the answering machine to see if they've got any jobs and there is a job there's a guy streaming on their answer machine saying, oh, yeah. oh we've got flooding here we need a plumber it's a big job as if it's like a real really big payday and mm-hmm. uh he just hands the phone over to daisy because she wants to use the payphone and then myra's like hey was there any jobs and he's like eh. yeah what <laughs> no 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 i i both love and hate the fact that this is by far the fastest on-screen romance i think i've ever seen in my life like luigi says less than two words to her before immediately he's smitten and she's pretty much on the same boat automatically as well yeah uh mario has to help it along and sort of Mm -hmm. fill in some of the conversation for him uh yeah mario being this smooth ladies man certainly an interesting choice i would say Again, I feel like it just goes back to the only characterization we had was uh, the Super Mario Brothers Super Show, which I remember had a live action segment, and I forget who played Mario in that. But would you would you believe it was a wrestler? I would, mainly because you're bringing up that it's a wrestler. Yeah, I want to say that was Lou uh, Lou Albano. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's a wrestler. Yeah. Yep. We would better trivia for you. But it just, I think that that's the only characterization they were really pulling from here. And the fact that Bob Hoskins is just a generally likable guy in the roles he plays. Mm. I feel like he, you know, he's a gruff plumber, but he brings this atmosphere to the character of like, no, you get it. You, you can see the, you can see the gold right underneath it. Well, they go to an Italian restaurant for the double date. 
Yes, true. Yeah. With I, his <laughs> with his girlfriend that we all know from the video games, Daniela. I love though that he's dressed in quite a I wouldn't say smart like jacket, but he's definitely he's going for kind of like a early nineties yuppie kind of like vibe with yeah. how he dressed him for his dinner. And then his girlfriend Daniela's in kind of like a like a party dress, kinda, you know, mm-hmm. she's like sort of a you know, a Brooklyn girl kind of thing, right? And then it cuts to Luigi and and Daisy. Luigi's still sitting in his hoodie, and Daisy's just wearing what she was wearing to the dig site earlier. And I'm yeah. like, they're perfect for each other. They've both put in no effort. This is this is ideal. This relationship is going to be based off of what do you want to do tonight? Uh cool. <laughs> I love I love how Mario and Daniela try to like he's like sort of setting them up to be alone like hey hey we can take the van back you know ourselves you two can Mm. go and do whatever and then luigi the only thing he comes up with is i'd like to walk you home well she's gonna have to go home luigi anyway like i i appreciate that luigi at every step along the way is asking for just 100 percent consent on everything yeah yeah like even things that wouldn't make any sense to ask consent for like he's like oh well you know we can give you a ride if you want but if you want to stop talking we could just stop talking too like, <laughs> all right sure well i mean this all stems from his uh his tactics when he's asking her out he's like do you eat and she's like yeah <laughs> dinner yeah yeah <laughs> i'm known for <laughs> tonight and then that's when it clicks for her. That's when she's right. finally gets what's... Oh, you're asking me to... Do- okay, all right, all right, all right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, um, so he's walking walking her home. They end up going to the dig site instead, though, because he's so fascinated by what she does. Um, mm-hmm. And they're what? they're both so insecure, though, because they both basically are saying, oh, we're both kind of losers. I totally get it. If you want to just like drop this right now and don't want to yeah. pursue this. And I'm like, why are you both such downers? Like, just, like you should maybe be going quite well. <laughs> It's those insecurities, man. Luigi was always playing second fiddle to Mario. <laughs> yeah, uh, Daniela gets kidnapped by uh, Ufus Piggy and Dufus. Aye, well, yeah, those names, sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> they, they get kidnapped. Uh, she gets kidnapped uh, by them and uh, take it away. Meanwhile... I, I, oh, I yeah. love in that scene when they kidnap her. Like, they know that it's not the same girl that they just saw before, but they rationalize it that she's yes. wearing a disguise. They do. Yeah, like, they, not, that's, that's they just... Are what I, I appreciate how stupid they are written, yes, in that they're at least comedically because at a certain point they could have crossed over into frustratingly stupid, but they always managed to keep it lighthearted enough. There, there was a little bit of humor to it, mm-hmm. yeah. Like, there's definitely a couple of times where I chuckle at one of the dumb things they say, uh, mm-hmm. you know, here or there. So, um, it's not high art by any means, but yeah. I think I remember one of their lines being like, Oh man, we got like. A zero out of a hundred chance of that happening, and they're like, "What kind? Of, what percentage is that?" And they're like, "I don't know." And they pause for like ten seconds. Yes, I don't know. Yes, I like how when they get made smarter later on, they still bicker the exact same way. The only difference is they use slightly smarter sounding words to do it. Oh yeah, no, they're still idiots. Yeah. They just got. They have a bigger vocabulary. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. So. Anyway, so we already mentioned, you know, Scapelli's trying to flood the mm. dig site in the sewer system, and Mario gets brought down to try and help, and they're fixing it, and that's when these two doofuses, um, and it makes some sense that they're there quite quickly, because this is right next to the uh, the portal, so uh, right. it makes some sense. Uh, they come in, knock out Mario and Luigi, take Daisy, 
and uh you know they obviously mario and luigi run after her they get to this portal they don't know if, if they should try and jump in but obviously daisy sort of sticking her head out is kind of enough of a mm-hmm. sign to be like oh maybe we should uh take a leap which i guess it's worth noting i don't think we mentioned yet the MacGuffin for the entire movie mm-hmm. which is around her neck daisy is wearing this fragment of the meteorite that broke off and King Koopa needs it in order to reform the meteorite, which will merge the two worlds again. Yeah, on the other side of the portal, on the Koopa side, uh, the rest of the meteor, which is just a big ball in the ground, basically. Yeah. Uh, but this little shard was cut out of it, and that's what she's been wearing around her neck uh, this whole time. And Luigi sort of grabs it off her neck when she's sticking her head. Not intentionally, but he's just trying to like reach for her, and he ends up yeah. swiping the uh, the rock. Mm-hmm. which uh yes becomes our big MacGuffin that characters are chasing for like throughout most of the movie the villain yeah. wants uh the sub villain wants uh bertha, wants, bertha it. wants it <laughs> yeah everyone wants the so that leads us to the dystopian futuristic kind of city that uh they joke oh is this what manhattan looks like now i don't know i've not been in a few weeks but a rough been a couple rough of weeks. weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I appreciate the comedy in this. Like, I I don't know how much of it was originally in the script before, like, the executive stepped in and were like, hey, mm. could you maybe, I don't know, not do Mad Max? And I like it, though. I think it is a solid addition to the movie. Just these quick little one-liners just to keep things up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, and there's a character who is the movie's version of Toad that is introduced. <laughs> yep. Uh, David's just, uh, for people who just listen to the audio version, <sighs> David just sort of leaned back and discussed these. Uh... I just, I, 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 oh, I don't want to get too deep into so it, but mad. the fact is there is on this city, there is a giant fungal infection. There is a guy who is now a mushroom and is infecting this entire city. So why in the hell is this guy, Toad, also a lizard? They have established that mushroom people or mushroom entities can exist. Hmm. Why is this guy still a lizard? I just, I don't get... And what's worse is that in about 10 minutes, this Toad turns from the only Toad we know into a Goomba, which is also a mushroom creature, but whatever, I guess. <laughs> well, that seems to be their tactic, is he's going to be the good Goomba. That, that, that's effectively what yeah, the movie does Yeah, I understand it. the necessity of him being there. I just question, why did we have to set it up like this? I w- really, all of my complaints are going to come down to, why is this a dinosaur-based <laughs> world? That's what all of it is, because that's the one thing that doesn't make any goddamn sense when you're adapting the mario brothers is that you have mushrooms and turtles that's it that makes up 95 percent of everything you need and yet they went with dinosaurs i just did you enjoy the old granny who tries to mug in fairness yes i did uh the I, mario I, brothers yes because i i completely forgot about her and i thought like oh is she going to help them out like i came Mm. into it with fresh eyes and then she's like oh you need weapons to be in this town do you have any weapons no we don't okay stick them up (laughs) although it was more of a cattle prod she had (laughs) it's all electricity based yeah 
Uh, so, yeah, they'll, they'll lose the rock. Big Bertha grabs it and just sort of jumps away. That's basically mm-hmm. what happens. Uh, and the plumbers uh, get arrested quite quickly because uh, Spike and, and Iggy have told Cooper, because they go to Cooper and say, hey, we got her, we got her, we got the right one, we got Daisy finally. And he's like, yeah. oh, great, where's the rock? And like, rock? What are you talking about? Huh? What's this? What? Uh, and he's like, that's the reason why he wanted her, is he wanted the rock around her neck. Why, why Koopa knows that she's been wearing that her whole life, I'm not sure, but... Because it's not, it's not just like, oh, he knows she'll have it because she had it as a child. It's No, he specifically says the line, the rock that she wears around her neck. How would he know that? I'm going to assume they have a magic wizard <laughs> with a scrying ball that we just never met. Okay. Okay. Um, it was Kamek. Also, Koopa's kind of got like an OCD thing going where he like... Yeah. I. So what I originally thought, because constantly de-infecting his, disinfecting his hands, I thought that maybe it had to do with the fact that uh, the rightful king, as we get to much later in the movie, is turned into a mushroom or a fungus. And I thought it was him basically making sure he didn't ever have any fungus on him, lest that king be able to, like, take him out. Mm. That was my thought process, okay, but they okay. never did 100% confirm I do, I do love the idea that uh, the fungus that spread throughout the city, uh, be, being like the old king. Um, mm. It's just funny, like, watching this as The Last of Us is airing, oh, and yeah. that's about a fungal, like, zombie virus that's, that's spread. I don't know, it's just... I would have loved a sequel to this where, like, you know, the fungus is still out of control and then it starts turning their citizens into mushroom people and they call those toads. I would have loved that. Yeah. I mean, hell, that's why they did the, the Saturday Night Live parody of, uh, they, they did, like, Pedro that's Pascal's true. Mario and it's like, oh, he's, Mario Kart, yeah. now he's doing Mario instead. Uh, so, yeah, so they get taken to the police station uh, mm-hmm. and they get processed. This is where they have to give their names and we get the infamous... Mario, Mario, and Luigi Mario scene, uh, which has the, the 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 random woman's foot just on the guy's shoulder, you know, the cop's shoulder mm-hmm. as he's asking these questions. We see them get drenched in some sort of decontamination liquid. There's a scene where they think they're going to get shot, even though it's clearly just camera lenses. So that that was the thing. Yeah. I always remembered this moment where there's like red laser sights and they think they're about to get shot. But as soon as they show like, the actual like devices that are meant to look like they might be guns, I'm like, oh, those are just lenses. Like... Yes, however, I think that mm-hmm. it's one of those things where movie like prop designers kind of reuse things. I could have easily have seen that being like a ray gun or something <laughs> before it took an image. Yeah, I'm not really critiquing Mario and Luigi in the moment because they're scared to see a red dot, oh, yeah. right? I'm more just saying that it's not... like I don't think it ever fills the audience that it's well no i don't believe that mario and luigi are about to get shot 30 minutes into the movie that seemed a bit weird <laughs> it would have spiced things up the remainder of this movie will be following toad and his adventures <laughs> as a goomba <laughs> so yeah basically they spend some time in like a jail cell but uh the main next thing is that koopa comes down pretending to be their lawyer because he wants mm-hmm. to know where the rock is so he very awkwardly he doesn't keep up the charade very long because no. like as soon as luigi like says I don't, I don't know what you're talking about uh he just grabs him by the nose and like starts to like throttle him uh and mario has to break it up i kind of appreciate that his temper and his anger 
just immediately broke it. Like, he's like, I don't have time for this. <laughs> he's very upset, very temperamental. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I kind of, like, I appreciate, though, that when the, uh, the the main cop with the mustache comes out of the scene, he immediately calls him, uh, you know, King Cooper. Because mm-hmm. part of me was thinking, like, okay, surely he can pretend to Mario and Luigi because they've maybe not noticed the posters yet. But like, it's not like this guy's face is hidden from the public. Like, the, the masses no. know who their emperor is, right? Like, yeah. you know, he's, he's, he's the guy. I, I'm trying to imagine a world where I could be working somewhere and then Joe Biden walks in and he's like, hey, can I come in and pretend to be this thing for like 30 minutes? And I'd be like, I guess. Sure, go for it. I'm trying to think of a funny job that he'd want to pretend to be for like 30 minutes. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I will be the judge in this wet t-shirt contest. I'm not the president. <laughs> not me. No, don't don't mind me and my <laughs> six armed guards following me around. <laughs> Yes, uh, and also I will also pardon the winner from any crimes they may have on their uh, record. But you know, wow. that's, you know, uh... that's a big prize. That's you're going to get a lot of people applying for that one. Yeah, well, if if he announces it in advance, though, so you'll you'll get all the uh, all the all the lady murderers like uh, in prison being like, "Oh, I need to spruce up. I need to go <laughs> try and win this wet T-shirt contest." In actuality, it's all just a ploy to get like the FBI's top most wanted, just all in one place. Ah, just round them up, get them out. Go. There you go. Perfect. Yeah. Oh, that, that's you know what? That's actually quite genius. I mean, okay, you let one bad person go, but you get like nine of the other most wanted people like on the list and like get to put them because you've got them all in one location. Yeah, that's genius. Yeah. And I mean, in fairness, there's nothing to say he has to hold his end of the bargain up. He could just be like, "No, screw you, perp the law." Bye. <laughs> It'd be a dick move, yeah. but quite right, quite right. Yeah. Uh, oh, we've just worked out the ploy to like. Well, at mm-hmm. least to like get some of the worst female criminals. I don't know what you do for the men, but oh no, same thing. If if you attach a prize to it like that, they're not going to care. <laughs> Who's got the best manly nips? We'll find yep. out. <laughs> so we were talking about a movie. Yeah, we were. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> so, uh, uh, police station. Yes, yes. Uh, basically, mm-hmm. they escape. They fight back. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, well, they go to the, D, the de-evolution chamber first. Yes. Which, so... Is it just me, or would you just not call it the the devolution chamber? I mean, every you see it's written on the walls as D-E-V-O, so I'm assuming that that is okay. what it's supposed to be called, but maybe some, you know, some of the actors had a hard time saying it. Yeah. My biggest problem with this is that, okay, you, this society has had 65 million more years to evolve than we have. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What do you mean mean more? Okay. I guess that doesn't make... They would have evolved at the... They had the exact same time to evolve, I guess. Well... But... I I don't know how... There was a don't worry, wrong. It's not like human beings existed right after the dinosaurs got wiped out. There's definitely a gap. Don't get me wrong. Right, but they would have still had the same starting point. I get it. They had the exact same time to evolve. My issue herein lies is that they have figured out this machine that evol- allows you to not only take any specimen and move them down the evolutionary chain, but they also have a move along the evolutionary <laughs> chain feature. Why is just not everybody more evolved? Uh... 
the same reason why when we can prolong life, only the filthy rich will be the ones getting it is because they're going to charge a fortune for it. Fair enough. Koopa coins, baby. It's all about the Koopa coins. I actually really enjoyed the Koopa coins, just because I was like, yeah, no, that's they use coins in that world. Yeah. Good job. You got one more thing right. That's two to 786. That's, uh, that's that's what the old granny who mugs them says. I need those Koopa coins! Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, good, good fun. Uh, but yeah, so Mario and Luigi obviously don't want to go in the evolution chamber. Toad does, and he turns into, you know, big Goomba Toad. But mm-hmm. uh, they two uh, fight back and run away, and they actually end up... For some reason, there's like a... Uh, I believe you even call it, like a zip line at the top of the police station they end up like taking it. Because it's not like they get like a belt and like just like makeshift one on like a cable. Yeah. Like, no, there's like an actual thing to hold on to that goes along the top. This is one of those moments where I was sitting there being like, it's a bit too hijinxy, you know? Mm. Where it's a, this movie never really has an action set piece. There's no big moment where you're like, oh man, we've all been building to this. It's just a bunch of little hijinxy moments strung together over the course of the movie. I also want and to they- add, as they're gliding across, because they're going past all the jail cells as they're doing this, mm-hmm. uh, this is another key moment in the film where the main theme plays. Oh, okay. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's just every time <laughs> that I'm watching these action scenes, the hijinks music comes on and it just takes away any of the tenseness that might have been there. Yes. The tenseness. Yes. Tension. Tension. The tension. tension is the word that's that you would the be word. looking for, yes. Yep. That's, that sounded a bit off. But <laughs> do, I, do I pull him up on it? Yes, yes, I do. I've learned that if I'm going to speak, I have to speak perfectly or else I'm called out for it. Not perfectly, just not, you know. Stupid, More perfect. <laughs> not a stupid idiot child. Like, uh, oh, okay. like Eddie and Spike. <laughs> I don't think they'd use tenseness. <laughs> True, true. Too many syllables. All right. So, I don't even know where it goes from here because this is where my notes... It's the car chase. Yeah, it's the car chase, but, like, I have nothing more written besides car chase. Well, I mean, there's a lot of big things that happen here. Uh, For a start, Luigi's able to work a computer because he plays video games, which I have a hard time believing that playing a Super Nintendo would lead you to use this computer system, but, you know, whatever. That's exactly what Super Nintendo is. But the uh, at one point, the big set piece of it is they actually end up like driving up on top of another car that is mm-hmm. driving in the opposite direction. So they end up having this segment where they're just sort of sitting. Like, this may not mean anything to you, but to uh, the UK audience, it's very much like that episode of Mr. Bean when he puts his chair on top of the car and he's just kind of... I know, I've yeah. seen the visual. I get yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. He's trying he's try to drive home with all of his uh, new paint and furniture that he's bought at the store. But to, and to fit it into the car, he's had to put it into all the seats. So he puts his chair on top of the car and right. makes a pulley system to drive. It, you know, it's, it's stupid, but it's Mr. Bean, so it's fine. Yeah. But uh, uh, it's a little bit like that, where they're just on top of this car and he's like, well, I hope the guy downstairs knows where we're going. Because mm-hmm. lols. But again, like, that's where it starts falling apart for me. It's just too hijinxy. Where I'm like, yeah, no, you're on top of that guy. And then it doesn't matter. They then just get off the car. They've lost no ground. And it's just continuing with the scene. Well, I mean, they get chased and they have to end up leaving. This is where they drive through a tunnel and end up in the true the desert area. The desert. And this is kind of the... I mean, there's a, maybe a little hint before with the like the bomb and the uh, the fungus, but this is the first big time where the fungus seems to, like, save their ass, and it's like, oh, mm. wait, there's hinting at something here. 
Uh, so, and Luigi's kind of noticed, he's like, hey, the fungus just saved us. And Mario's that's my driving saved us. I'm like, you're driving, you'd have landed to your death if, if you'd not been there saved. Was, there was one point in this, and they've done it a few times uh, by this point in the movie, where Luigi suggests something, mm. and then Mario does the opposite. Because he, I guess he just doesn't trust Luigi's judgment on anything. Yeah. And again, it's one of those things that I feel like was an aborted story arc where at at some point in the movie, Luigi would make this decision and Mario would be like, you're right, Luigi, let's do it. But that moment never comes. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm desperately trying to think of a... Uh... No, it kind of like there is a moment in the final battle where Luigi's like trust the fungus, and then Mario starts using the fungus. All right, fair. So this kind, this kind of a thing there. It's so minor, though. It, I agree, but there's there. Yeah. Uh, so they're in the desert wandering about. Meanwhile, so there's a lot more villain stuff at this point in the movie where mm-hmm. Daisy has been like dressed up in a dress for Koopa's like pleasure. I mean, honestly, it's it gets kind of dark. Where not only is he like does he threaten to kiss her and does the the, the you know, the, the the hissing the you know the the tongue the thing. tongue yeah um he he says at the end of the scene take her away I'll use her later like that that's like what he says they're like that's a pretty dark implication in your kid friendly movie there yes and there's also the ongoing thing where Lena uh we're getting a bit more from her as a character and yeah. it's obvious that she's jealous of the attention that Daisy is getting yeah she wants to be Queen Koopa and it mm. seems like he keeps her around and she's kind of like his like mistress or whatever but now he wants the young princess he's you know he's, he's the old man pervy man wanting the the young wife yeah. uh so he uh just want to throw out in this scene where he meets up with daisy we get our introduction of yoshi that's true yeah the little uh little dinosaur which i have to imagine steven spielberg down the street said hey we're not going to use this one it's off scale <laughs> does anybody else want it and they'll be like "Ooh, ooh, we got it you say that like it looks anywhere near as good as the animatronics oh, not even Park. no not even though apparently according to trivia it took no less than 11 puppeteers at any given time all that effort for this <laughs> yep <laughs> all that effort yeah we get that we get also uh you know the the two goons been made smart and they get sent into mm-hmm. the desert uh looking for the the brothers which is kind of what leads us to the next part of that plot um so they end up teaming up with the marios because they need the rock or cooper will kill them and mm. the marios just want daisy back so they sort of make a pact to like help each other and they're like, wait a minute, they've described who's taking the rock, that sounds like Big Bertha, which, so they, they they drive back to the city, they get into this nightclub where Bertha apparently works as a bouncer. Which I do want to point out one tiny reference here that I actually did really appreciate. Go on. Uh, when they're driving back into the city, they steal a truck from what they call the Sniffits, who are garbage collectors or something. Mm-hmm. This was probably the closest they got visually to any character in the Mario series. Because oh, Sniffits are basically just guys dressed in basically Squid Game outfits, but they're wearing gas masks. So that was the closest they got in this entire movie, is this throwaway character. That's fair. Don't know what that says. <laughs> That's, I, I think I thought it was like a quarry truck, but you may be right. It may have been garbage. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I assume a city this size has a lot of garbage, and they don't have any reason to just not dump it out in the desert, so... Yeah, it's actually very Judge Dredd that they've got this, like, 
like dystopian oh, yeah. city, but then surrounded by just absolute wasteland. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so Mario and Luigi get into their signature colors of red and yellow, uh, <laughs> and their fancy like suits for this dancing they could have very easily at this point have at least gotten the colors right yeah. but for some reason well to, no. to be fair they're building up to the actual suits later on which is i think it's fine right yeah, yeah i mean fine. i get it but i think that you know you give it that gradual build yes instead of a complete opposite direction the fact that luigi's in red will never not be wrong <laughs> and mario's in yellow like everyone remembers from the video game I mean, in fairness, I think that Bob Hoskins could play a pretty good Wario if he really wanted to. Oh, yeah, to. Like, that should be the sequel. It should be Wario and Waluigi, like the, the, yeah. the arch nemesis. Like, the idea that there's an alternate dimension, but they've got counterparts in this, yeah, this city. Yeah, there you go. There you go. That's what you did with that. Um, so did you like the use of music in this scene? Is this the get on the floor, everybody walk the dinosaur scene? Yes, I did enjoy this use of music, mainly because I completely forgot that this was where it, like, came from. And I, I, you know, the verses themselves are not that recognizable, but then it hit the chorus, and I was like, oh my god, it's walk the dinosaur. Fantastic. It's a bit on the nose, but it does make me chuckle. I just, I remember that when, I think it was Ice Age three was coming out they mm. redid that song for the soundtrack of that and i was like that's such a strange song i wonder where it came from and then i find out oh the mario movie i'm even more confused now yeah mario has to seduce big bertha uh which yes. he does by saying oh that punch was great i'd love for you to punch me again <laughs> that makes her want to dance with him and he spends the entire dance trying to either, you know, pull the rock away with his mouth or untie it with his hand as they're dancing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very, very slick, very slick. Uh, they don't get very far, though, because uh, Lena shows up with some goons and uh, she ends up with the rock. Which, can I just, at this moment, Mario has to sneak away from Bertha. And I just love how absolutely heartbroken Bertha actually oh. is. They spend like a full 10 seconds of her just looking around the dance floor desperately, sadly looking for Mario. It's like, oh, I didn't realize we got so developed in that <laughs> single scene. Well, she comes and helps them escape in a minute. She gives them the uh, the, the yeah. boots, the, the jump, which I think is the one thing that they, I feel like there's an intentional choice to try and feel like the video game where, mm-hmm. okay, the game is all about jumping. Let's give them a mechanic where they actually do a bit of like, big jumps right yeah uh and that's kind of what they, they do with that so they get away with the boots lena's got the rock although she doesn't sell tell koopa interestingly uh no. she keeps it for herself um, this is some regular game of thrones level writing here <laughs> um i don't know where it fits around here but it's around this part where koopa orders his pizza and i just want to mention it because it's a great little yeah. scene i don't get it like i appreciate it i i like that it's here but i can't even begin to fathom why this was filmed <laughs> i want the koopa special hold the mammal you like pterodactyl wings on that yes they just they were so proud of the lines that they just had to keep it in and i i can respect that it was, but if it was just a one and done i'd be okay with it there but the fact that they specifically bring it up like twice more at the end of the movie mm-hmm. means that they were extremely proud of that scene and they needed to keep it for whatever reason through all the different cuts of this movie 
Yeah, so the Mario Brothers get to Koopa's Tower and they go looking for mm-hmm. tools uh, yep. to help with their mission. And they find like some lockers that have some outfits in them. And that's the, the you know, it's the outfits. And what's funny is that they're not actually perfect outfits because they're not dungarees. Like they're actually a little bit different to like what the outfit is in the game. But th- this is their the movie's version of their their outfits. Yeah, I mean, I'm okay with the movie taking some liberties as well as it's still recognizable. Yeah. You know, it's the same way of like Marvel superheroes. The suits are never one-to-one of what they were in the comics, but they are recognizable as to what they were supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then they end up in an elevator with a bunch of Goombas and make them all dance. So they don't know. This them. is the part where I started questioning that I was missing things. <laughs> Like, I was paying really close attention, and I was positive, but I couldn't, because of the way I watched this, I didn't have access to, like, subtitles or anything. So, when all of a sudden, they're in this elevator filled with Goombas, and Luigi just starts slowly swaying them back and forth until they're all dancing with each other, I thought I missed something. Did I? No. Uh, this this okay. is just setting up that Toad, when he plays music, uh, all the Goombas sort of get on board. Because uh, you, you see them dancing a little bit at the end as well, so I, I think it's yeah. just... This is the setup just, of that. <laughs> see, it's just that the scene lasts long enough, it didn't feel like the setup. It felt like the payoff. Yes. Yeah, that, that is, uh, that's fair. One scene that was around this area was Bowser going into the throne room of the old king. You mean Koopa? Sorry, Koopa, yes. Can we just take a moment to describe the Cronenberg horror that is the old king? <laughs> it's an anus, it's a fungus anus with this fungus ball that sort of pops in and out of it. Yep. Yeah. And it's just hovering above a throne, and Koopa just comes in, it's just like, oh, you thought you could save them or whatever, and, and but I'm, in, I'm going to merge the world. It is important to get uh, Koopa's name right, because... Lance Harrison's character is credited as King Bowser. This was so frustrating to me. <laughs> I cannot begin to describe the amount of just muttering to myself as I looked at the IMDb page and saw that because it doesn't make any sense, man. Yes. Well, at the end, when he. Uh, for some reason, killing uh, Koopa at the end just magically makes him evolve back into a man. But uh, yeah. the fungus becomes Lance Henriks at the end, and he is the former king. He is Daisy's father. Which I really want to lay out that I just accepted that. I was like, yeah, you know what? The movie needs to wrap up. <laughs> sure. It just magically turns him back into Lance Henriks, and why not? But my girlfriend at that point, she had to stop. And she's like, no, why did he turn back? Why, why does him dying link to that? I'm like, don't. Just... Just don't. It's not going to make sense from here on out. Yeah, just cause, basically. Uh, so they get to Daisy pretty quickly, to be honest. Uh, mm-hmm. Daisy almost one, gets killed. One thing, oh. one, sorry, one thing they do outside is they specifically use their plumbing skills to turn off all the heat in this building. Yes. And there's this whole scene where Mario is basically telling Luigi, like, oh, this is your your lineage this is an honorable profession and luigi's like i don't think i want to do it i have nothing to add but no i just i i really want to just lean on the fact that they never resolve this subplot they bring it up numerous times and it just never comes to a head 
Yeah, there's a few different scenes in the tower. I think before they get to Daisy, actually, there's this the scene where Luigi jumps over this like elevator shaft or whatever it is, and he thinks he's flying for a second. Oh yeah. Uh, but he's actually just on a hook. Uh, but he's convinced Mario that he's flying, so Mario's about to jump, and then he realizes he's actually just on a hook. Like his belt's caught on this thing. And he's like, "Oh Mario, mm. don't jump, don't jump! You're gonna fall to your death." Uh, and the fungus ends up saving him. Uh, yep. But uh, and he actually bounces up and down a couple times. So I get very Mario esque. You know, that's your. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't particularly remember the scene where Mario trampolines on a mushroom off a skyscraper, but yep. No, I mean I from from the plot point that Mario's whole thing is jumping, okay. Fine. But they, they keep on finding all these weird excuses of like, oh, normal people don't just jump. How do we how do we trick Bob Hoskins into jumping? I think the uh, the problem is is that he's not a young man who is naturally yeah. going to do some parkour or anything like that. So <laughs> you have to sort of fit reasons into why he's going to jump in, into That's the fair. into the story, I suppose. Uh, but they get to Daisy, who was almost killed by Lena, but Yoshi saved her. Uh, Lena just mm-hmm. jealous, wanted to stab her. That was the second <clears> time. Like, she's she's being held by Lena, and Yoshi's freaking out. I'm like, quick, Yoshi, use your tongue. And not a second later, Yoshi uses ah, his tongue yeah. and wraps around her. And I'm like, oh my god, it's an interactive movie. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, Luigi goes with Daisy, and they immediately run into Koopa and get like mm-hmm. taken by them. Mario, though, has found out from Daisy that his girlfriend, as well as all the other missing women from Brooklyn, are being held in like a room in the building. Uh, so he goes to help them. Uh, he's got a great line because when he, he she says, uh, you know, what, what about Daniela? Not knowing that she's here, and she he just thinks she's he's been asked. Oh, what's up with my, my girlfriend? He's like, shit! I was meant to take her to WrestleMania. Uh, no, you don't know. <laughs> she was kidnapped. She's here, Mario. You better go and help her. So, God, uh, can you imagine this movie a different cut of it where that just never gets brought up and they leave her in the Dino world? I could see it, yeah. I could see it. Uh, so he goes there and he like takes out the the two goombas by uh, like you know, he, you know he jumps down. He did, he makes them use their like flamethrower weapon because they all have flamethrower weapons for some reason. That's the one part I could never square. Yeah. Because if you're in this world where like oil and gas was never a thing, I don't understand why the default weapon is flamethrower. It looks good, I guess. I mean, yeah, it's menacing. And I understand in Mario, he throws fireballs, but it's, they don't, that's one of those things where they built this dinosaur world so carefully and then they hit the like, and fireballs, because why not? But this is the scene that leads to the, uh, the infamous mattress going down the pipe scene. So to rescue them all from this tower, he gets them to grab one of the big mattresses and they all get on it, and they ride down this giant pipe. Uh, and there's a bit of a chase where there's some Goombas on a mattress chasing them down the pipe, and Mario makes them flip over by putting a wrench in, like, a grate so that it just it acts like a stop, and they just kind of go, wee! Yep. Uh, the thing, my favorite part of this, though, right? You know, mm. it's not even the sort of the upbeat kind of rock music that's playing as we're having this, like, you know, almost bobsleigh-esque ride down this pipe. It's the fact that when it comes out the pipe is there's two details here that I love. One, we're on the main city street of the, of the, the place, even though the tower yeah. feels like it's miles away. And two, 
is somehow this mattress defies all physics and flies at such a shallow angle across the the street right it just is mm-hmm. going through the air and this it's like a plane coming in for a landing like the angle it's coming in at but yeah. it's like it's a mad it, it would just like plummet the second it comes out uh, no you have no idea how fast they were going man that, <laughs> those shots were all in slow motion and it still looked like they were going just 80 miles an hour but because that's the thing like that's 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 the real problem with it is if it were going fast enough i suppose it wouldn't look wrong but they're going at this just slow pace like yeah gliding you know it's like where's where's the, where's the it's like it's like they've got a wingsuit on the mattress like the the way they're just floating down see that's that's the issue with these sort of movies where it's you know they build up all these sci-fi things that don't possibly have a chance of existing and then they defy physics once or twice and you're like do i bring it up they have all (laughs) these other fantastical things do i even bother mentioning the slight physics issues I think I think you do because it's more egregious because you just it just looks wrong instantly. Whereas if you tell oh, yeah. me you know the rules work differently here, whatever, that's fine. But even if you told me that gravity was weaker here, this would still look wrong. Oh yeah, you know it's one. It's I think it's just one of those like style of filmmaking things where there are certain things the audience, no matter how suspension of disbelief you get, they aren't going to be able to disbelieve. Yeah, and you have to keep those things solid. And one of those things is just the way that things work in the physical world. If you have something and you haven't already presupposed that it can just glide, it's got to work the way it should. Yeah. So Lena had the rock. She was almost going to use it, but Koopa's cops got to her. And yeah, she went over Koopa's head and just started the invasion without him. Yeah. Which I don't entirely understand what her plan here is well, of why uh, she thinks that would endear Koopa. Well, she tries to. Her actually starting it comes midway through the big fight with Mario. Mm. That's not happened yet. Uh, because she because before she goes and does it, she gets the uh, the Braid of Frankenstein streak through her hair because she gets electrocuted. Right, but I'm just saying the plan of Because yeah. if you remember, there was that point. He, uh, Koopa's still sitting in the chair after he orders pizza and then the cop comes on and says we have all the troops ready to go sir and he's like what are you talking about we don't have the oh, rock yeah, okay i see what you're saying yeah uh she she yeah she has the rock then koopa gets it and then he drops it while he's fighting mario and then she mm-hmm. runs off to the meteor after grabbing it and like starts the the merging of the two worlds which, which it's it's important to note that i think the mattress scene right after that is the delineation between act two and act three i think that is really where it changes Oh, sure. Uh, because, you know, Mario and Koopa have a bit of a standoff. Um, mm-hmm. Mario releases the bomb, which has a great moment from Dennis Hopper where he does a close-up in his face where he goes, Ba-bomb. Ba-bomb. No, Ba-bomb. Not just bomb. Ba-bomb. Ba-bomb. Yes. Okay, so to be fair, what? that is the second thing they got perfectly video game Which, accurate. And I appreciate By the way, it. this is a year before speed. I would love an alternate cut of speed where every time Dennis Hopper says, there's a ba-bomb on the bus. <laughs> if you go below 50 miles an hour, the ba-bomb will explode. Every time it cuts to a visual of the bomb, it's just that little walking yeah. figure just underneath the bus. Yeah, so there's like a running thing here throughout the entire fight where this ba-bomb's like falling down to street level and it's what because they're up in a catwalk. They're up in a catwalk. Mm-hmm. And there's a bit of the fight where Dennis Hopper is in like this big bucket thing <laughs> that's hanging. I don't even know what it's for. It's like a watchtower thing. The, I don't know. It, yeah, it seems like it's just transporting like a bunch of rocks or gravel or something yeah. like that. But strangely enough, this is the one time where they decided to go video game accurate. Because 
Super Mario World, the final boss of that, is Bowser flying around over top of Mario in like a Koopa cart. Oh, okay. And so he's just, he's poking his head out of it and throwing down bombs and stuff like that at Mario. It's weirdly specific to Super Mario World, okay, and yet okay. they decided to include it here. Yeah, in the middle of all this, though, uh, when Lena starts merging the worlds, for some reason, only, Mar- only Mario, Koopa, and a few of his Goombas, like, transport to the real world. And we see in the real world, because... Uh, the girlfriend Danielle and the other girls have went through. There's like press at the dig site. Scapelli's mm. there. There's a crowd, and they're all kind of like, you know, like what's going on? There's something weird happening. Danielle is trying to tell them there's this other world. We just we all went to this other dimension, and sure enough, Koopa and Mario fade in. Right? They sort of disintegrate and then reform in his world. And I have a couple of questions about before we even get to what happens there. I have one yeah. question that sticks out in my mind: is that Mario is not from that world, so. Mm-hmm. Even if you argue that that's why he's the first one to, like, transport over, yeah. then I would say, but why does he transport back then? Because he belongs to, like, regular Earth. So, yeah. like, I, one way or the other, there's something off here, but why Why is Mario chosen And when all these other people in the Koopa Land aren't mm-hmm. chosen to go first? Well, see, that's a great question. So then later on... Uh... <laughs> yeah, there's no answer. It's just because we no. want to do this bit. Uh... Honest to God, like that scene, I think the only reason they have that scene in the movie is that they really wanted to show the de-evolution gun working on a mammal. Uh, well, well, working be- on a Before human. we move any further, did you notice what the de-evolution gun was? It was the Nintendo Super Scope. Yes, it was. It was like a mm-hmm. silly painted super scope yep. and looked as cheap as it should. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> as a result of that. Yeah. So, but, but uh, I'm, I'm surprised there wasn't a power glove at one point. Oh, you have to wear this, this the power glove oh, to like put your hand in a thing. It's so bad. <laughs> I, I haven't even seen that movie, but I get that reference. Yep. Uh, so, yeah. And this is where the, 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 the World Trade Center, like, turns into Koopa's uh, towers and yeah. one of them is like missing the top of it from yeah. damage and it's like oh that, that, that's that's the part that especially does not age well like if it were other buildings in New York it'd be a little bit more okay because it's like okay just general destruction but it's specifically the Twin Towers yeah. and it makes it very oof yeah worthy. and that's, there's a lot of weird things about this scene you know Koopa's like laughing at the, the filthy mammals and he goes to like, use the de-evolution gun and ends up hitting Scapelli, right? And he mm-hmm. turns into... He, he says monkey, but he's from Reptile World, so I'll forgive that he doesn't understand that this is a chimp, and a chimp's not actually a monkey, it's an ape. But what, you know, that's... Like, whatever. He doesn't know. He grew up in dinosaur land. He, they don't have apes over there, right? But, this was before the new Planet of the Apes <laughs> franchise. We weren't familiar yet. So... But what gets me is that Scapelli's obviously this evil crime boss type dude or politician, and mm-hmm. I get that people don't like him, but they literally cut to a shot of like Daniela and the crowd laughing when they've just seen a human being be turned into an ape. Like that's yeah. not absolutely terrifying. I feel like this movie is far too blase with its <laughs> Cronenberg horrors. I know. <laughs> because there's the moment we skipped over it where um the brothers meet back up with Daisy and she's in the throne room with her quote unquote father. And she introduces them and she's like, hey guys, I know this may seem weird, but this is my dad. Oh, Luigi just starts, yeah, that's where they find her. And Luigi just starts saying, hey, sir, it's an order to meet you. I, I, I'm interested in your daughter. Can we, May I have her and in marriage? 
yeah. doesn't go that far but that's the, the that's the tone that he takes with him and, which actually and Mario... oh, oh that reminds me so who yeah. shows her that throne room with her dad it's iggy and spike who decide yes. in you know the, the saver after she's just been almost been assassinated uh mm-hmm. toads on fire from the other goombas right whole thing's happening and they're like hey daisy we have been your loyal subjects we've always been a supporter of your father right which you know whether or not you agree or disagree with that whatever i don't care the part that bothers me is like daisy you remember these two are the ones who kidnapped you right <laughs> and you just go with them like it's nothing Look, Daisy's had a very traumatic past 48 hours. She doesn't... She's kind of just taking attachments where she can. She doesn't even... She fell in... She doesn't even do a she, double take, David. She doesn't she, even do a double take and go, oh, I recognize these dudes. She didn't do a double take on the fact that her father is a giant fungal beast that's taken over the city. She has some issues to work through, Pete. <laughs> her best friend as she has managed to come here is a velociraptor. So anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, Luigi and uh, Daisy stop Lena. So the world's like demerged. So everything mm-hmm. goes back to where it was. So and they did this whole thing of like Daisy was needed because of her bloodline or whatever. Uh, she's being the able o- to she's, withstand. She's the only one because so, so yeah, Lena basically dies because she uh, can't. Ha- she's like someone other than Thanos using the the Infinity Gauntlet. Right. She's the old killer, right? Uh, although I'm not going to lie, I actually laughed at a joke here. So she gets, like, basically blasted into the wall, and she's like a fossil into the wall. Mm-hmm. And Luigi just looks at her and goes, well, she certainly makes an imprint. You laughed at that? That was, that was funny. Okay. That All was right. a funny, like, come on. <laughs> I, I, I appreciated it in the moment, because otherwise it could have come off as the horror scene that it actually was. <laughs> so, yeah, Mario dodges koopa for a bit uh mm. the the bomb he's he's doing this whole thing where he's pretending he has the rock by just holding his shoelace in his hand yes because the rock was on a necklace chain yeah and koopa just doesn't even question it he's like oh give it to me and t- until the worlds start to emerge and he's like wait a minute you don't have the rock the rock's being used <laughs> yep uh but ultimately uh you know they use the de-evolution gun he turns into like a sort of really bad cg dinosaur <laughs> he doesn't look anything like bowser from the game doesn't look anything like yeah. that but i i can see they were trying at that point because that was supposed to be bowser in the koopa cart yes like they were that was the closest they tried to attempt bowser sorry koopa to be who he actually is in the games and it didn't quite work because the 90 cgi was not a fun time no uh and eventually they both get the evolution guns so mario and luigi hold up their super scopes and blast koopa which makes him melt into a liquid and then he splats all over the floor. Uh, Which, to be fair, they did set up that if you de-evolve fast enough, you just become the primordial goo. Yes. So So they set that up and paid it off, is what you're saying. That one thing. (laughs) I admit to that one thing. I mean, there was some extended logic to to some of the things. Like, Like you said, the cars and... Yeah, uh, you know the running gags about them eating weird food because they're they evolved from dinosaurs and they don't have certain mm-hmm. things that regular Earth does. That's there all. There was fine. a there was a scene where there was a woman with a stroller and there was an egg in the stroller yeah, and then yeah. two guys just came up like they were about to eat it <laughs> and she just starts batting them away. Stay away from my baby. Yeah. So Luigi and daisy have this big heartfelt goodbye because she mm-hmm. wants to stay and find herself and get to know her father can we just oh. point out how 
immediately. Not even 10 seconds have passed since Koopa died. The town cheers, and they're already painting over his murals. Oh, they're, they're cheering for the Mario Brothers as if they've just freed them from, like, this tyranny. Ty- tyranny, sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, yeah, a very, very quick turnaround on that front. Uh, I like how the entire plot that on Bowser's side is like, oh, sorry, Koopa, God. Anyway, the entire plot on his side is that there's no resources. There's no water. Like, there's no food left. This entire city is about to die, and that's why they want to merge right now but this doesn't solve that issue this city's still going to die it's just that the king is dead yeah maybe daisy will open the portal and like mario and luigi can like throw in some some supplies i get maybe that's what the end of the movie hook is is that daisy's like you're Uh not gonna believe it the bourgeoisie just rose up (laughs) so yeah, so so Daisy and Luigi have this goodbye. Luigi's expecting her to come back with them, and she's not going to. And mm-hmm. she says, all, "All things make sense." She's like, "Hey, I, you know, I want to get to know my dad. You know, he's back to being normal again, and I want to sort of help, you know, rebuild this place because they've just lost their their awful leader, and they need to sort of like form. Maybe I can help with that because I'm 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 literally the princess of this place, and." I couldn't fathom why it was never even suggested that luigi could just stay here like is there a reason why he needs to go back to regular earth it's mario brothers plumbing you got to keep the branding (laughs) i'm just you know i i just it never even comes up like why can't you come here and maybe you know that's when you'd say oh i can't leave my brother and fair enough i'd accept that but it, it never even comes up it's like no you have to choose to come back to our earth See, that could have been where they squared, they finally wrapped up that plot. They've been like, mm. you know what? No, nah, I'm thinking, you know, go home and maybe finally become a plumber I'm supposed to be. Yeah. Done. Yeah. Uh, so the ending hook of the movie, uh, your, your scene that sets up a sequel. So it, it's actually very, it's funny we brought it back to the future because it's very much like back to the future and you've got that one oh, scene at the end. Straight up. Yeah. Uh, where they're on the news, right? Uh, the newscasters calling them the Super Mario Brothers because they saved all these that like, kidnapped women and yeah. whatever. And Luigi's kind of miserable. Mario's just, you know, flirting around with Daniela. And then the door opens and Daisy comes in looking, funnily enough, like she's just walked out of Mad Max. She's got like a gun belt on. She looks all dirty. And she's mm-hmm. like, Mario, Luigi, I need your help. You'll never believe what's happened. And Mario just like grabs his tool belt like the superhero he is and goes, I believe it. All right. And Daisy smiles and we go to credits as if, oh, some, like, there's some villain, something bad's happening and they have to go help. Yeah. Come back which, in the sequel that might one day happen. And then, which that, the Mario bit at the end, I think is supposed to be wrapping up the plot of, you know, you just got to have faith or whatever. Yeah. You just got to believe it. So I appreciate that. Did, that was... did you know there was a competition in the magazine Nintendo Power to be an extra oh in the second movie bummer to ever won that competition i'd imagine it's probably the same guy who won the competition in the same magazine for the mask 2 <laughs> i didn't know about that one very good yep. very good uh so that's your your final scene it's just a blatant sequel bait uh mm-hmm. aside of course from a little post credit scene that uh i was wondering whether or not you would have watched this you know, I only discovered that this had a post-credit scene the last time I saw it. So I went most of my life not knowing this existed. Okay. And it just so happened I let it play the last time I saw it until the very end and went, wait a minute, what is this? And mm-hmm. it's this little Because jo- actually, this is a fair critique because it made me realize that Iggy and Spike, after they show Daisy where her father is, 
they just disappear from the movie yeah they don't help with anything they don't redeem themselves they don't even just show up for a joke except from this post credit scene they they never interact with the plot again uh Mm -hmm. but yeah the joke here at the end is there's like two japanese businessmen and they're saying hey we want to make a video game based on like your adventures and you think they're talking to the mario brothers and then it cuts to the couch and it's these two idiots and like yes yes what shall we call it i don't know the super koopa cousins and then just cut yeah that's a joke that's that's your funny post credit scene uh it rhymes i'll give it that (laughs) i it's one of those things where i imagine that you know they played through some test audiences and whatnot and they're like oh how did you like the uh super the uh koopa cousins in that how do you like spike and iggy and test audience were like yeah they're pretty good we liked them that's Mm. fine and so they were relying on them really resonating with audiences of like, nah, this is your final comedic beat. We know how much you loved Spike and Iggy the whole time. <laughs> it's a sort of thing where they definitely would have been back in a sequel. If they made a sequel, oh, Spike yeah. and Iggy would have been supporting. And there's have been good guys the whole time, probably, uh, yeah. helping the helping the heroes Or at out. the very least, they would have been just neutral, but still managing to help out yeah, yeah. the brothers. Uh, and probably, the, maybe, maybe they were hoping for such a big hit that they could do a TV show. You know, actually call it Super <laughs> Cooper Cousins and have like, these two just having hijinks. I don't think, I mean, you know, they did a few big franchises back then, but I don't think the 90s were as franchise-focused as they are today. Oh, for sure, but like, I could see them doing a cartoon based on these two characters. Oh, well, yeah, cartoon. Yeah. They already have Mario cartoons. They would have kept yeah. doing it. Uh, I mean, what I mean, what is there to say about the weirdness and like all, all the wacky stuff that happens by the, by the end of this? Uh... <sighs> It, it it's kind of this weird mishmash of like an adaptation that's not really adapting things properly so it's it's just using names some of the decisions are baffling and it's also got some elements of it's doing some just very typical movie stuff that it kind of needs to wrap up but it also has this weird like layer of like actual passion of like this the people making this had a vision and they cared about it so we get this mm-hmm. really in-depth like city and this idea of like what these this race of people are and there's hints of the snm you know like say the, the foot on the shoulder some of the outfits you know lena's outfits definitely a little kinky uh, when they go to the nightclub where the dancing scene happens not all of them but i'd say a good like third of the audience are wearing what i would call kind of uh you know I mean, it's like latex yeah rubber sort there's of stuff. latex there's spikes there's things like that mm-hmm. you know they're not super revealing but there's definitely just a bit of a kink to some of it uh so see it's it's weird because obviously matrix was 99 yeah i think yeah that name. but it's it's that sort of thing where i feel like the 90s didn't take latex and leather and such as heavily with kink as it was just cool you know i understand that point but i think given some of the other things in the movie i'm going to say oh, it does yeah. connect to it yeah, it definitely has this more adult feel to it. Like, it just, if you looked at any particular frame, it would seem more adult than not. But then as soon as you start actually watching the movie, it has all these strange overtones of kid-friendly jokes and hijinks and whatnot that I, Joe, it Joe, gives it this strange feel. It feels like they started pre-production and making sets and designing the world probably before they had to change the script. So all of the dialogue and the, the antics they get into are very kid-friendly and late adventure but all of the world they're surrounded by and like the ideas that are, in, that are sort of behind a lot of the design choices, like 
okay, the world's going to have these things because it's really into this like type of thing, like whether it be right. the S and M or whether it be um kind of the like you say the Cronenberg horror elements or whatever, right? Right. Uh, so all of the design things stuck because they'd already started working on them, and maybe it was just going to cost too much to go back and start from scratch. So right. you have this thing where it has the aesthetic and the look of this previous version of the movie, but the actual antics are still very kid-friendly. That said, there is the darker R-rated cut, apparently, that existed in some form. Maybe, well, I don't know if it was ever rated. Maybe technically. Maybe it was yeah, just assuming it wasn't R- rated. Yeah, but, you know. It's the unrated Mario movie. It's the even weirder movie, possibly. Mm. Although maybe some of it makes more sense in the longer cut. I mean, I did hear, obviously there's no visual confirmation, but I did hear that some of the deleted scenes more or less come in the beginning. And it's scenes where uh, Koopa is chasing Daisy's mom around New York, and that's where he gets the ideas for like skyscrapers and stuff like that. Okay, um, interesting. Okay. Yeah, it's just laying out a few extra things in the beginning. But that's the weird thing in this movie is that I feel that the beginning, the first 20, 25 minutes of this movie are so superfluous. They don't matter at all because once you go through the portal, they have to redefine the world again. The only reason that the first 20 minutes matter at all is to set up the relationships between Mario, Luigi, and Daisy. Everything else is completely... Who cares? Which is important, and if you're doing it as alternate dimensions, you kind of have to start in the regular one before you move over to the other one. But of course, right. the argument for Mario is that if you're doing an adaptation, is you just set it in the Mushroom Kingdom and just that's the world we're in. No? You say that, but I actually think that the 2023 movie, and we will see as of last week, is <laughs> going to start with him in more or less our dimension and go across and become the fish out of water story. Okay, fair, yeah, fair enough. Oh, at the very least, though, he's still going to be animated to begin with. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh that would be yeah, funny if it was like a Wizard of Oz thing where it becomes animated after. Like, we actually get Chris Pratt walking around. We get the we get the AI CGI version of Bob Hoskins, voiced by Chris Pratt. Oh, <laughs> uh, dude. If they've got balls, they'll have referenced this movie with a little, little wink wink. A little nudge nudge. I could see them doing it. Illumination is usually pretty good at doing those little inside joke things. Like, but... let's say they go buy a pizza place and there's a Koopa special on the, yeah, on the menu. My, my main concern is that Nintendo is oh. not going to want to play ball there. Oh, they, yeah. I mean, it's a sort of small little thing they might get it past them, though, without them even noticing. Because yeah. Nintendo, of course, were very, very strict about not wanting to do adaptations. For, because this basically ruined them. It soured them on the idea yep. of doing adaptations of their work. So it, it wasn't until... They could work closely, and I think obviously animated does lend itself to a Mario anyway. But I think mm-hmm. part of the reason why it's animated is because they can sort of like ha- have even more control and yeah, like have their claws onto it as much because they want to control it. Not in like a, I don't even mean that in a bad sense. Like I understand why they want to control yeah. it. It's their IP. They want to make something mm-hmm. that's benefiting to them. I-, I I am a little worried, and you will find out. You know, last week. <laughs> because <laughs> we, we've recorded this like i said earlier way in advance mm-hmm. i'm sure you know it may end up feeling like a very safe movie but at the very least it's going to be more of a a friendly adaptation of what mario is for the masses yeah, that's that's honestly i feel like we're probably going to get maybe it'll be something that bucks the formula i doubt it it's probably going to be pretty safe especially for nintendo's first outing but i think it's going to be just basically the polar opposite of this movie where it's going to very clearly resemble mario as he's been established already 
but it's not going to have this vision to it. It's not going to have this auteur like craziness to it. It's yeah. going to be a safe formulaic thing that we've seen already. Yeah, but uh, because we were in the past and last week was when the movie came out, <laughs> mm-hmm. go back and check and see what we thought of it. Yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure it was an I'm, interesting conversation. It was fantastically horrible. It was beautifully ugly. Whatever happened in it. Covering all your bases there, I see. Yep. Very good. Absolutely. Uh, so, yeah. I, I guess we rate Super Mario oh, Brothers God. 1993. Do I have to? I mean... <laughs> okay. I am trying to keep an open mind that like I said, these characters were not super well established. The story of Mario Brothers throughout all the games is not so much a story as it is just the loose thread connecting the video game together. I understand it's not a plot-based game. That being said, with what they had already established, these directors did nothing to appeal to the IP did nothing to even try to resemble it. It was some passing references, but all in all, it seems like they already had a story in mind and they just molded Mario on top of it. So if I try to keep that in mind, growing up as a Nintendo kid, just thinking about the movie existing on its own, void of the Mario IP outside of it, I think I'd still have to end up giving this one a... Four. It's <laughs> it's a very confusingly done movie. It the fact that they had to introduce that first scene saying like parallel dimensions. And if that's what you're using to easily explain your story, your story needed another rewrite. Uh beyond that, you know, a little bit of dodgy special effects here or there. I appreciate the practical effects where they came in, but all in all, this shouldn't have been a Mario movie at any point. Yeah, I think I would go just a nudge higher and say 4.5, because while I say I like it, and I kind of enjoy watching it, it is, you know, it's messy, it's overstuffed mm-hmm. with ideas, things aren't developed properly, there's no payoff to certain things that are kind of set up. Uh, I do enjoy Dennis Hopper as Koopa, um, yep. and I certainly enjoy a couple of the corny jokes here or there, and I kind of enjoy the, the design of the world, because it's kind of interesting, mm-hmm. uh, and I appreciate that it is weird. But it fundamentally isn't that good a movie, though, either. It's definitely messy. Right. Uh, that said, though, I'll take it over, like, a bland, like, bad movie. Oh, yeah. You know. Absolutely. Pick, pick almost any Netflix original movie. Like, I'd rather watch this. <laughs> so, you know, but that said, though, 4.5. Uh, now, as far as making the cut goes, this is an interesting... I don't know. I, I think uh-huh. that it is... I don't think it makes the collection. Me, that, that puts it at two, one, or a zero in terms of cut from the collection, cut your losses, or as we've decided to finally title the zeroth tier, it cuts deep. Yes. So, I think there's enough interesting weirdness that I don't think we go with the two lower options. I, I think, I think it at least has to be cut from the collection as far as. I th- I think acknowledging the fact that it has become this strange little cult film. Yes. Where. I think I agree that while this is not a high quality movie, it is likable in its own little strange way that it's probably not worth having around, but it is worth at least giving a try. Yeah. Obviously, I think if you know you like the movie, then absolutely. 
uh, get, oh, yeah. get your hands on it. But yeah, I, I think yeah, in in general, I would say it's a cut from the collection. So mm-hmm. uh, that is uh, that is Super Mario Brothers nineteen ninety three, which leaves us with one last video game adaptation that we've got planned. It was the yes. uh, the Patreon vote. Uh, there was three options. Uh, the losing options were Dead or Alive, and oh god, what was that? <laughs> I have it listed. There you Hold go. on, Dead or Alive and Need. No, yeah, Need for Speed. Need for Speed. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Uh, I'm glad Need for Speed didn't win because we're about to do Fast and the Furious movies, so it would have <laughs> been a bit too much of the same. Uh, yep. So the winner was Uncharted, which I've not seen. I am a big fan of the games, so this yep. should be an interesting exercise in possible torture uh <laughs> i have not seen it either but i am also not a massive fan of the games so that's that's, that's good to, that's two very different valid perspectives then to go into yep. it with and we'll see how we feel um but i also really don't like mark Wahlberg, and that's another big factor so you just got to balance it out with the tom holland <laughs> he's not good enough to balance out mark Wahlberg. what no <laughs> sorry i'm just not enough very few are, to be honest. Like it, it takes, it takes a village. Uh, I was going to say, I... so wrap up. You did it. Yeah, we're, we're done. We're done. Uh, so thank you very much for joining us. Of course, you can support all the content. Get the bonus episode, which this month was Legend of Chun Li, Street Fighter, Legend yep. of Chun Li specifically. Uh, you can go get that at the three dollar tier on Patreon, patreon.com slash TV, as well as the bonus episodes for all past uh, months and uh there's a back catalog forming now because this is what the sixth theme or something like that but anyway i don't know they're, they're building up uh the five dollar yep. tier you get access to our other bonus show on patreon which is uh extra reels where we review kind of random so bad they're good movies or at least they hopefully are uh we've not been burned yet but you know there's always time to get hurt we'll see when we get there uh so yeah we've done movies like miami connection deadly prey dangerous men uh, mm-hmm. stuff like that in, in that that slot if that sounds of, of interest and of course there's bonus stuff for the other movie shows as well so there's a nice back yep. catalogue already built up for those so uh, a lot of content think, on offer I, I think that extra reels for this month is probably going to be up already which would be Gone with the Pope yeah we've not done that yet though so I can't, I can't t- tell you if it was interesting or not I hope it was I try. Who, who was the one who suggested it you got a suggestion for this one, right? Uh, I I think this was Tara that said do this. Tara? Well, if it's bad, we'll blame her. If it's good, <laughs> we'll take the credit. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, support us on Patreon, or of course you can do some simple things as well for free. Like, like, subscribe, ding the bell for notifications, or rate the podcast five stars on your uh, your podcast app of choice. Yeah, iTunes has mm-hmm. been the most common one. Uh, also, I will take this time to thank our Patreon producers just before we completely wrap up. Which So thank you to Tyler Hess, Cindy Palacios, Borden now, Christopher Moy, David Brown, and Al Treisman. Thank you to you all. That is the show. We will see you next time for Uncharted. And then beyond that, we do the first half of the Fast and the Furious franchise. So... Uh... It's about family. <laughs> it's about misery is what it's about. <laughs> I'm not a fan. I'm certainly not a fan of the early ones anyway, so we'll we'll see how that goes. Uh, but thank you once again for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching movies. And, uh... Monkey! Monkey!